Oh, Wednesday's at that very special age when a girl has only one thing on her mind. Boys. Homicide. Hopefully the one thing you have on your mind is not homicide, but I think lots of people have been at that age where you do only have one thing on your mind. For me, it's 22 and cowboys. <laughs> but the reason I wanted to play that clip is because today we're talking movies. Yes, movies. Specifically, I am sitting down with my friend Meg Gordon, a linguistics and screenwriting student at William & Mary, and we're talking all about how for Meg, movies kind of segment her life in a way. We're also going to talk a little bit about how linguistics and movies connect, even though you may not know, because I sure didn't before this interview, and also a little bit about returning to your childhood interest, something which I hope is a theme in the show and we keep getting to see with our guest. I'm Riley Smedley, and welcome to Growing Interest. The feeling I'm chasing is, in fact, escapism. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's just, it's a very nice break when there's so much going on in your head. And the only way to get out of it is for something powerful to pull you out of it. And for me, that's just something I'm watching. <laughs> what do you remember being one of your first, like, childhood interests um, ever? I don't remember like specific interests I remember I remember movies I watched movies over and over and over and over again and so each period of my life was a different movie so when I was like seven my brother and I watched Sinbad like twice a week and then when I was in elementary school when I was in like fifth grade I watched the Matrix movies like four times a week so it was just like me re-watching different movies I liked reading I read the Twilight books when I was in fourth grade I was never, and I have never been a romance person. Um, I read Twilight for the supporting cast. Um, I I've, I like action movies, but not like regular action movies. Like I watch a lot of superhero movies. Um, I love the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, I know anything that was like super exciting, but not like your basic white man action movie. Right. And like stuff with like a lot of adventure, it sounds like. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple movies. Do you remember what was like the first movie you can think of that you were really like obsessed with? Like, was it Sinbad? It was probably Sinbad. I am trying to think of like, you know, obviously I watched Disney movies growing up, um, but they were never ones that I would watch over and over and over and over again. Um, Sinbad was probably one of the first ones. I remember watching Mystery Men with my family. I could not tell you the first time I watched that movie. It's one of those ones that like, you just remember always being there. Um, and my family has quoted it for as long as I can remember. So I'm sure that's one of the early ones too. Yeah, nice. Is Sinbad the one with the, um, trying to think of a nice way to say this, the sexy villain? Yes. <laughs> It's really funny. I like looking back at all the things that I liked to watch. And I was like, I'm, I was such a gay child. <laughs> I was such a, why did nobody know? Yeah, Sinbad is like a red flag. <laughs> yes, Sinbad. And then I liked Jane from Tarzan. And they were like, why? And I was like, I just think they're neat. More recently, what have been some of your, some of your interests? I still watch things over and over. It's a it's a comfort thing. And also I have recently been told that I'm on the spectrum and they were like, that's a giant red flag. I'm surprised you have not been diagnosed earlier in your life. And I was like, cool, thanks. Um, I, I do a lot of walking. I take like three walks a day um, because it clears my head and it lets me daydream. Um, 
because I put music on in the background and then I daydream for like an hour at a time. Um, I let, I call my parents. Like walking is a very, it lets my brain spiral where it needs to go. I run a lot. I, um, I run usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings and I run a 5K each time I run. Um, I would like to do a half marathon again. I did one last fall and it was amazing. Um, I will not be doing one in the near future. I got to work back up to it. Um, and I recently started reading again because my girlfriend reads books like four times, like she reads four books like a month. Um, and I just finished a book for the first time in like a year and a half. (laughs) So I've started reading again. That's nice though. That's a good one to get back into, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's also funny that you say walking and running, because I also would say like, I go on walks. I try to at least go on a walk every day, like one long one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I also listen to music and I also daydream the whole time. And I do the same thing with running. I listen to music and I'm like running, but I'm like, all right, what are we, what's our fantasy for today? <laughs> That's exactly what I do. And like, I, um, I realized that like, I can't just like sit down and exist in the moment because my brain is like, no, we have to use this time wisely. Pick a daydream, pick a daydream, any daydream. It's like putting my brain on shuffle. Um, and it's very, very nice. And being outside, especially because it's warmer now is like instant serotonin. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's been, I feel so much better now that it's like warming up and sunny and I don't know. I love summer. So I'm really excited for summer. Yeah. I, um, I like the warmth. It just feels happy. Um, and I like the fall too, like fall is my favorite time of year, but there is nothing quite like it being winter and then slowly turning into spring. Um, cause it feels like the world is waking up and it's very nice and I can, I don't, you know, I'm not cooped up in the room. Um, And I guess because there is a pandemic, it's a little different. Um, But it's just very nice to be able to walk outside without wearing a coat or anything. And it just feels very nice. Yeah, I agree. I do think in a pandemic, walking is like even better than ever. I know that you, so you, I know you you are a big rewatcher of stuff, but (laughs) you're also a big rewatcher of like TV shows too. It's not just movies, right? Oh yeah. No, anything that, that holds my attention um, I will think about, that's the only thing that I can think about. And then if I like watch all of it, if it's a show, if I watch all of it, um, and my brain is not ready to stop thinking about it, I start over. Normally I would say that I'm very bad about doing that. Cause I just can't focus that well, but recently mm-hmm. I've been very into like, um, I'm so into Longmire that I'm like, I'm willing to go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's the feeling. I think like, I don't chase interest so much as I chase feelings and like it just so happens that the feeling I'm after is most apparent in in what I feel when I'm re-watching something that captures my attention. Now I'm thinking about that so it's like is it the feeling the show brings you or is it the feeling that like comes from re-watching something that you know is going to I feel like I'm not explaining how this well. No um, I got you I got you. Um, it, it's one of the reasons it's it, it's both it's one of the reasons that I like live at the movie theater and that if you ask me my least favorite thing about this pandemic the first thing would be how terrible it is for everyone the second thing would be I can't go to the movies I can't um, because it's very much my safe place and has always been my safe place because I like the idea of the fact that when I'm watching it, I don't feel like I exist. Like I, for a whole two hours or however long the movie is, I actually forget that I exist. I'm not thinking at all. I don't know what time it is. I don't know 
essentially who I am, I am completely encompassed in this. And it's a very, very nice reprieve. And also if the movie is well done on top of it, it's just amazing. And so I am very much, the feeling I'm chasing is in fact escapism. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's just, it's very nice break when there's so much going on in your head. And the only way to get out of it is for something powerful to pull you out of it. And for me, that's just something I'm watching. Yeah, I also feel like sometimes that feeling can last like a little while after the movie theater. Like mm -hmm. I remember seeing Iron Man 3 and afterwards I was like, oh my God, I'm going to like have to go jump off a building. Like that's my energy level right now because mm -hmm. like that's where they were at in the film. Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that, if it's well done, it stays with you. Exactly. Yeah. No, that is the best feeling. I'm totally with you. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different, uh, and instead of recommending an article like I normally would, I'm going to recommend a podcast. Um, so today the podcast I want to recommend is Ologies with Allie Ward. The show goes over all different types of ologies. So, for example, Fanthropology, which is the study of fandom, or Cicadology, which is the study of cicadas, or Gluteology, which is the study of butts. Uh, I think no matter what your interest is, there's something here for you. When I first came up with ologies as a concept, it was partly just to jerk an expert into talking to me about cicadas. If this weren't the 13th month of a global pandemic, I would have recorded this in an Ohio backyard instead of over the internet. And I really like that Ali Ward meets with experts that are clearly incredibly passionate about their field. And I think really you can find something that relates to everyone. I just listened to an episode on sewer rats and thought it was fascinating. Uh, I highly recommend it. They are a little bit long, but I really am a huge fan of the show. And I think it ties back into growing interest really nicely because it covers so many different interests and maybe some interests you've never even had. Ologies with Allie Ward. Check it out. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Are you still, you're a linguistics major. Are you also a screenwriting major? Yeah, so uh, well, I'm a film major, but like the classes I enjoy the most are screenwriting classes, um, and they're a little harder just because there's there's not many of them, and they're always small classes, so they're always classes that you have to like technically apply to get into. But like, it's one of those things where you're like, the professor reads something you've written and is like, yeah, you're fine. Um, but those are some of the classes that I've enjoyed the most. And um, it makes a lot of sense that I'm a linguistics major and a, a film major, just because like a lot of people are like, oh, that's a weird combination, but it makes perfect sense in my head. Um, and I feel like it makes perfect sense if you know me, um, just because I am like fascinated with the written word and how it. Nice. So you feel like your interests match with, because obviously like screenwriting and like an interest in film or TV shows or whatever matches very obviously, but you feel like it matches too with, uh, with linguistics. Yeah, I was, um, I was the kid that loved English, but hated analyzing the books. I was like, I don't care. Like I, I, I don't care. Like the symbolism, like you're all reaching, like sure it's there, but like, this is, this is fine. Like I, it, it, it was made worse by the fact that any argument I could pull out of thin air and argue it and it people were like yeah okay that makes sense and it's literally just because like I I was like I'm it doesn't feel like I'm I'm trying hard enough for this and so 
um, when I got to college and they were like, linguistics is a thing where you study words and meaning without, you know, like literary analysis. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And they were like, so this is where this sound is produced in your mouth. And this is um, what, like, this is how this specific speaker choice in the moment reflects this thing in the world today. Um, and I was like, this is so much more relevant um, because I've always felt like I should do something that is relevant. And um, relevant, I know, is a subjective term. And so to me, relevant means something that you can see reflected in the world. And so I took my interest in stories and language and I was kind of like, let's apply it to like the, the actual world. And also maybe it will pull me more further into this world. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like an excellent, excellent reasoning. I totally follow that. Um, do you feel like, so you want to do forensic linguistics, right? Yeah, that's where my interest is right now. Um, it's, I, I wanted, I know I want to do something with linguistics because um, it, it comes more naturally to me than other things. Um, and also because I am wildly interested in the criminal justice system. I am wildly interested in it. I, the prison interesting, the prison system is so interesting in that it is so deeply flawed. Yeah. Um, and I just read a study um, that came out in 2018. I'm gonna butcher her name, butcher her name, but it's Lori Labotka, Labotka. Um, but she analyzed um, prison hearings of this one woman who was trying to use linguistic skill to um, negotiate like power and punishment in a hearing with the sergeant. And it was really, really cool. And so I just wanna use like linguistic skill to do something in the criminal justice system, whether it's analyzed crime or like be a witness, like to test to testify or to preferably fix the broken systems that we have. Yeah, that's such a that sounds so cool. Like that's like that sounds like a job in movies, honestly. Like, you know, that's I how like, cool it sounds. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, one of the reasons, because up until a couple years ago, I just, I thought that I wanted to do film primarily. And so I had this plan with my, some of my housemates. I was like, you know, we're going to move to LA. We're going to try to be screenwriters. Um, and then my, my brain was like, I, I don't want to live in LA right now. Like maybe later I will. Um, but I can only speak for the immediate future. And right now I feel like I should keep going with linguistics because it's where my focus is, even if I don't think that's where it is. Right. I also think LA is like intimidating to move toward too, just cause it's so, everyone wants to be in film. Everyone wants to be doing the same thing and you always have mm -hmm. to be so on. So I, yeah. I find that very intimidating. I also, you know, obviously am in film. Mm -hmm. Yeah, want to go to LA. <laughs> yeah. So no, I think I think that worked out though. I mean, for the best because sounds like linguistics is. You're clearly interested. <laughs> I yeah, I like it a lot, and it was like, it's really hard because people are most linguists want to do something either with research or with academia, um, and I do not want to go into academia. I think it's amazing what people do. Um, I just don't see myself as a professor. Um, I, I, I would like to, like I, my professors here have been some of the 
biggest figures in my life, especially in the linguistics department. I think they're amazing and they are part of the reason that I am who I am. Um, but I don't think that I could be that for someone else. And I would rather work hands-on with like outside of a classroom setting. I know I, I refer to it as the real world. Teaching is definitely a real world. Right. Um, but I just feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like it would, it wouldn't be a good fit for me personally. No, that's totally fair. Um, okay. Switching subjects a little bit. So I have a couple questions I'm thinking about. First one is, so you've mentioned that you rewatch shows. So do you feel like you rewatch, like, I don't know, I'm trying to, like you're in a mood where you're like, I'm going to rewatch Shira. Like, I'm just going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you're like feeling that and then move on to something else. Or do you, are there some things that you're like, anytime in the world ever, I can always go back and that's still, still going to hit, still going to be like my, my thing. Yeah. So I, um, there are certain moods. Um, one of my favorite movies in the entire world is Room that came out in 2015. And that is the, for some reason, I can watch that movie whenever, which is very strange because usually I have this category in my brain of really intense movies that have given me a lot to think about, but that I will probably never watch again. Um, And like, I think, is Wind River the one with- uh, Wind River, I was about to say Wind River is one like that for me. Wind River is one of those. I just saw Promising Young Women at the film festival uh, that my school put on a couple weeks ago. That's one of those films. Um, Ingrid Goes West is one of those films. That movie was- uh, that movie affected me very deeply. I was like, this is terrifying. That movie nailed the specific type of person that I find terrifying. Um, but for some reason, Room is, I think it's just because I feel like I could write like a 20 page film essay on it. Um, but like, I won't seek it out, but if someone puts it on, like it will immediately engross me. Um, there are comfort shows that I go to. Um, like there are shows that I was really into in middle school or early high school. And if I feel really overwhelmed, just even if the show is bad, um, it's just the feeling of like me being like, all right, this symbolizes that I can just bring it back a little bit um, to like capture how I was when I was younger. Um, and then I, I am talking about the first three seasons of Once Upon a Time, and I know that you know that. I knew that. you were thinking that. <laughs> I know that you know that. Um, because, like, objectively, trash. Um, the first three seasons, way better than the last. I haven't even seen four through seven. I stopped immediately after it started going downhill. Um, but, like, I was so hyper fixated on it in middle school that I don't think it will ever leave me. Um, even if I like go back and watch it and I've seen it hundreds of times and if, even if I go back and watch it and I'm like objectively this is like I, I could be watching things that are objectively so much better but like the feeling I get is very distinct and is very much like this will always comfort me even if I know it is not the best thing and I'm a huge advocate of recognizing the the different aspects of things you like like recognizing how something really comforting can be something problematic or like recognizing that something that you love and think is untouchable is always going to be inherently problematic just because nothing can be perfect I talk about that as Marvel because I am a huge Marvel person and I know a lot of people put it on this pedestal um it's very problematic 
and it will always be problematic. Um, and I think that you become a better viewer when you understand that something you love can coexist with something that's problematic. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I was just talking to somebody about on Falcon Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. they go to like the made up land of what's it called? Mandripur, something like that. Mandripur, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, and like it's in the comics and stuff, and it's like an Asian country in South Asia. And there are no Asian people in that episode. No. And you're like, well, that seems like a little strange and like a little problematic right there. But it's yeah. still like, I would still say it's a good show. And I hope that's mm-hmm. something that they'll like work on, you know. I hope that they're constantly working to get better. But yeah, I know a huge thing is the emotional ties you have with something. Um, like I mentioned Mystery Men earlier. It's a terrible movie. It's <laughs> it's like the, the quality is bad. It's insanely problematic but because my family like because we grew up watching it I will never get rid of those emotional ties and so I feel like I have to recognize that that there's no way that I could ever not like it but I still have to understand that it has some pretty intense problems right yeah no I definitely feel that but I do think like um there's something about like I think especially with movies where where I like that I watched and was really connected to like 10 and under I'm always like but my life was so good then like I was so relaxed I wasn't worried about anything when I watched Spirit Stallion of the I don't know how to say that last word um, <laughs> I'm always like that was like I was I was just a kid like it brings me yeah. back to being a kid which is so nice yeah there's something shiny about it I'm like that scary godmother that is one of my hyper fixations from when I was younger it was so shiny to me and especially with something that you haven't seen in like 10 years because I forgot I used to watch scary godmother when I was like five through seven or eight and then it got deleted off my DVR and I never saw it again but I remember it was such a like distinct shiny feel and then a couple years ago I looked up because I couldn't remember the name and it suddenly popped into my head and I googled like Halloween animated movie with a witch who is like has this godchild or whatever and it popped up and I was like oh my god and now I watch it every Halloween because I just like it just makes me feel really good yeah no and I and I've totally we've watched we've talked about this we've watched it uh mm-hmm. at the same yeah. time um and I I totally am with you and that one's also funny to me because and I think younger kids may get this less but like being honest that movie is ugly like the animation (laughs) is not very good (laughs) it's a good movie but it is not it doesn't hold up quite visually it doesn't hold up very well oh yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, there is something about it that I'm always like oh this is just like I remember it except I remember it a little bit better like yes like even if I like, I have the memory of it now and I know that what's in my head, I could pull it up on YouTube and it would be just as ugly as what's in my head. But if I remember watching it when I'm seven, it looks so much better in my memory, even though I know that's not possible. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Um, so do you feel, do you feel better when you have like, like a show or like when you have something that your mind is like on? Or do you feel better like when you're kind of in between? Um, I feel a lot more like a person when I have something. And I don't know how much of this is is being neurodivergent and how much of this is just really liking shows and movies. Um, but like there, I, I feel more alive when I have something to devote my attention to. Um, 
because I have always like I think about something and that is very much all I think about um and like that's one of the reasons I I go see movies in theaters like four times because um my brain it's like physically like I am incapable of not thinking about it um and it just it feels really good it feels like something is fueling me as a person um and then when that hyperfixation starts to fade I scramble for a new one because I, I'm like, oh no, I don't like this. I, I feel like more firmly attached to the ground instead of like floating in the air. Like I feel like when I have a hyperfixation and I'm like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like feeling like my own person by myself. I also feel that way. Um, <laughs> and I think like, um, I get so bored. If I don't have something to like hold me, then I get so bored. But also at the same time, when I'm like, when my brain is very much like stuck on something, then I'm always like, oh my God, I haven't done my like schoolwork. Oh my God, I haven't like, <laughs> I've been thinking about pirates all day and I don't know <laughs> like what's going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes I get headaches. Like I remember very, very vividly uh, senior year of high school, I was in math class, but I was hyper fixating really, really aggressively on this one daydream idea I had between like two shows that I really liked. And so I very much like created this own story in my head. And for some reason, that is what I decided to hyperfixate on for that however long period that was. But I was in my my like AP calc class and I was sitting there, we were supposed to be doing something. And my, my head was physically hurting because I could not stop. And I was thinking about this one scenario and I had been for like three days straight with no break. And I gave myself a migraine, but I was incapable of stopping. I was, do you have a way like that you can like get it out? Is it just like seeing like with movies, I guess it could be maybe like seeing it again or like. Yeah. So seeing, seeing it again has always helped because then the like narrative pressure is not on my head, but I still get that like release feeling of like, I can breathe. This is what I've been focusing on and I'm not just creating it myself. Um, but when I, I have to focus on something else. Um, it's very, very difficult to tear my brain away. Um, and I usually have to, I budget my time. I schedule my time out by like the hour. And I always have, when I have a lot of schoolwork to do because I don't trust myself. Like I haven't woken up without a schedule in forever, in years. Um, because uh, like, especially during the semester, because I have so much to do and I will lose track of it if I don't have it all written down. I will, on the lightest workload day of the week, I'll sit down and I will plan by the hour every day for the next week. And I do that every week because it gives me a list of what I have to do. And it stops me from using all of my time towards what my brain wants to be thinking about. Because I have something on paper that is like, right now you are supposed to be doing this thing. Right. Brain, you're not allowed to do that right now. You gotta stay focused. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, and I'm definitely gonna go rewatch Sinbad. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, once again, I'm Riley Smedley with Growing Interest, and next week, I hope you're excited. I'm going to be bringing my brother on, and we're going to be talking a little bit about how, despite the fact that my brother and I have, in many ways, identical childhoods, uh, we have very different interests. Um, so that should be a really exciting episode and I hope you guys are as hype as I am. Have a wonderful day, evening, morning, night, whatever time it is. <laughs> and come back next week for a growing interest. <laughs>